As Earth Keepers, we hold wisdom about our planet within our bodies learned through lifetimes of experience on Earth and throughout the cosmos. I'm Amy Dempster, a shamanic practitioner and your host for the Earth Keepers podcast, and I'm on a journey to reconnect with my soul family, the other Earth Keepers, grid workers, portal tenders, land stewards, and nature lovers around the world. On this podcast, you won't find gurus or dogma, just a safe space where I share personal stories from my spiritual journey. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Earth Keepers podcast. We're already in the final week of January. Can you believe it? I know the last two weeks I was talking a bit more about esoteric ascension type topics, but this week we're going to get into the nitty gritty details of doing healing work with the land. Although, as with any kind of energy work, things are often more fluid and squishy than they are hard and fast, but I want to give you a little peek behind the curtain about what exactly is going on when someone like me does a healing session. In some ways, it's not all that different than a healing session for a person. But oftentimes, these details or techniques feel like a mystery until someone explains them to you. And since I'm all about explaining things in simple terms and not keeping them hidden, let's dive in. I want you to know this is totally doable for you to do. But I also don't think I'll be putting healers, including myself, out of business. Because once you hear the details, you might just say, whoa, I think I'd like someone else to help me with this, which is totally cool. But if you're curious and you want to know how exactly does this work, I'm going to share it with you. Because I think sometimes the how of doing healing work feels like a real mystery to most people. But in fact, it's like so many other things we've talked about on this podcast. It's simpler than you think. Yet again, we've been duped by TV and movies into thinking that it's super complicated or that we can't do it ourselves. Which reminds me, people ask me all the time if I've ever seen the show The Dead Files. And yes, I watched a couple of episodes after the premise was first explained to me. It's one of those ghost hunter type shows with a man and a woman who go to people's homes who are having energetic issues or ghost problems and try to figure out what's going on. The man is a retired police detective who does actual historical records research to find out information about the past inhabitants of the home and what could have occurred there to create the issues people are experiencing. And the woman is a psychic who walks through the house and makes note of all of the energies and spirits she finds there. And at the end of the show, they share their individual experiences and notes with the homeowners, and then the psychic will give them a list of suggestions on how to remedy the issue she's found. Now, this is another one of these shows that makes me crazy, because first of all, they're creating false suspense with ominous music and jerky camera movements from people jumping when something spooks them. But they don't have to walk through these houses in the dark. That's just for the show. Heck, they don't even have to be in these houses physically at all. But it's another example of how we're taught in our culture to be afraid of the dark and afraid of things we can't see, but can definitely feel. Also, we're supposed to somehow be shocked that a psychic can corroborate hard evidence that was found through research by the detective. 
Like, OMG, how did she know that? Which also perpetuates the idea that being able to use your intuitive senses is somehow unusual or some kind of special gift only certain people have. Let's normalize the fact that there is a lot of information every single one of us is picking up from our surroundings with something other than the five senses we're taught about. To some degree, we are all able to see, hear, smell, feel, taste, and know things that aren't visible to the naked eye. And the more we acknowledge that fact and then practice using those senses, the better we'll get at receiving information through them. And the more we share about the information we're getting, the more normal we'll make these experiences. Because when you start saying out loud to the other people in the room with you, do you feel that energy that just showed up? It's making me a little queasy. Or, whoa, as soon as I walked into this room, I felt dizzy. Do you feel that? I promise you'll find out there's a whole lot of other people who can feel it too, but they just aren't saying it out loud. And once you start comparing notes and talking through it out loud with others, you'll probably be able to get a sense of what it is you're feeling. Now, my last complaint about the show is that there's usually a list of specialists who the homeowners need to call in to actually deal with the issues. Or sometimes people are just told that the problems can't be resolved and they need to move out. I'm sorry, what? So what are you going to do with the house in that case? Sell it and make it someone else's problem? Burn the place down and try to explain to the bank that you shouldn't have to pay the mortgage anymore because a psychic said you can't live there? I don't get it. And I'll admit, there are some seriously bad cases out there, and in some situations, it would make sense for the people to leave the house while healing work is being done. But yet again, we're teaching people that they have no control over the spirit world and how it interacts with us, which is just not true. And if you want to hear more about my thoughts on this, you can go back and listen to episode three, Spiritual Protection for You and Your Home and Episode 7, Haunted Houses and Problematic Properties. I'll link them both in the show notes. But the reality is, we have a lot more control over healing work than we've been led to believe, for ourselves, our homes, and the land. And I don't knock the gal on the show for not wanting to do it herself. As intuitives and healers, we all have things we like to do more than others. For me, I don't like doing healing work with other humans. I totally can do it, I just choose not to. I like to work with the land. And for anyone who does healing work for and with others, the more we do it, the better we get at it. Sometimes you're just too close or entangled in a situation to see it for yourself, and you need an unattached third party to take a look. I work with other healers all the time who have an expertise in a modality that I think will help me work on a specific issue that I'm having. Also, I want to let you know that you have the ability to do so, so much healing work yourself. And let me quickly clarify that there's usually two kinds of different skills that you or anyone you hire to help you will have to use. The first is to read the energy, which is exactly what it sounds like. Tuning into the energy you're feeling and asking what exactly it is, how it got there, or any other important information you need to know. You can also ask what needs to be done to remedy or heal any issues. But this is only half the work. 
during a reading, you'll find out a lot of information, but no healing work has actually happened. You just know more than you did before you asked. The actual healing work is the other half. So what you're seeing on a show like The Dead Files is this work is being split up. The psychic is doing the reading and then suggesting who the homeowner needs to reach out to for the healing work. Now, if you go directly to someone who does the healing work, they're going to have to do a reading for themselves first so that they know what healing work needs to be done. Does that make sense? Now, when you're tuning in to read the energy of a place, you're going to get information in all kinds of different ways. Before I begin a reading, I clear my own energy, connect with my own guides, and ensure that I've put up protection. If you've watched my free training on meeting the spirits of the land, I talk about using a bubble of protection so that you can see and interact with energies outside of your bubble, but they can't get into your personal energy field. But there are many methods for invoking protection. Lately, I've been experimenting with invoking the blue ray and standing within it, like a column of light. I feel like it's less restrictive than a bubble, which encloses my energy. But honestly, you can experiment and see what you like the best. Your intention is more important than the exact method. Once I've set up my own energy field, I personally like to look at a satellite overview map of the area of a home I'm connecting with because I will start seeing or sensing information while I'm looking at the map. It also gives you a bit of a removed way to feel into the energy before you're totally ready to connect with the spirits or energies present. Depending on your own intuitive gifts, you might actually see things overlaid on the map, grids or symbols or energy movement. You might also just start hearing messages or words that relate to the energy. After I have an overview and maybe an initial sense of how the energy of a place feels, then I'll ask to speak to the keeper of the land. This is a spirit that kind of oversees an area much larger than just your home. They generally know what's going on in the wider area and if there are any issues. I keep my conversation pretty direct between that spirit and myself. And I'm very clear that they're the only one allowed to answer my questions. I talked about this in one of the other episodes I already referenced, but if there's a spirit on the land who really doesn't want me there, they can make themselves sound to me just like the keeper of the land to redirect my attention. It's usually pretty clear when that happens because they're usually telling me the opposite of what I'm feeling the right thing is to do. But This is the perfect example of why you want to practice this skill. Every situation is unique, and the more experiences you have, the more comfortable you get working in the spirit world, which is what we do every single month in the Earth Tenders Academy. In addition to an entire module focused on how to do healing work with the land, we also have one live call every month where we collectively do a reading and healing with a different home or piece of property. I guide you through the process, and at the end, we all compare our notes. It's super helpful as you're learning how to discern different types of energies that might show up in a healing, because typically there's many people who will interact with the same spirit. So you can see a variety of different ways that people perceive and interact with them. There's a link in the show notes if you want to learn more and join us. Okay, so back to the Keeper of the Land. It's a little different each time, but... 
I let them show me what they think is important for me to see. Or sometimes I'll ask about something specific that I'm seeing on the map or a feeling that I'm picking up. And this is an important thing to note about doing readings. If you are empathic at all, and if you're listening to this podcast, it's highly likely that you are, then these spirits are often going to show you what's going on through your physical body. Empaths have the ability to feel someone else's experiences. And if you are empathic and you haven't done the work around being able to detect which feelings are yours and which are not, I highly suggest you do that work for yourself before getting into doing healing work with people or the land. Empaths need to be able to discern between their feelings and the feelings of others. Otherwise, we end up taking the energy of others into our body, and it will significantly affect our health. And let me repeat this because it is important. You will get sick if you don't understand how this works. It won't happen on the first day or the first month or maybe even in the first year, but it will build up in your physical body until it can't take it anymore. And then it will manifest as something that will likely take significant time and effort to heal. So if you're looking to learn these skills, I highly recommend taking Sarah Petruno's shamanic healing training courses. I'll add a link to them in the show notes. So what happens when you're empathic and you tune into the energy of a property is that spirits will want to show you what has happened in this place. And depending on what it is, this is the part that can feel scary. You just need to remember that they're trying to communicate with you telepathically. Instead of words, they're using pictures and feelings. A month or two ago, the property we worked on in our Earth Tenders Academy call had a very large old tree on it that was used for hangings at some point in its history. There were many people who had the experience of coughing, feeling short of breath, or gasping for air while doing the reading. I can't tell you how many readings I have cried my way through while seeing or feeling illnesses, deaths, suicides, families being forcefully separated, you name it. Sometimes I don't even have a specific image of what's happened there, but I'm nauseous or I get a stabbing headache or I'm suddenly fatigued. It's not pleasant. A few times I've even asked an archangel I'm working with to take over because the grief is so overwhelming that I'm not sure I can handle it but they always say no and reassure me that I can do it. I often hear from people who are having these kinds of experiences spontaneously in different locations, and most likely this is what's happening. It's not some kind of bad omen or spirit who's chasing you. It's a spirit or a place in a significant amount of pain. And they're hoping that if they explain it to you, you'll help them. But the only way they have to communicate their problem is through energy. So don't be afraid of these experiences. You can always ask them to dial back the energy once you've received the message. Let them know you see or feel it. And in order for you to assist them, they need to pull their energy back a bit. And this is why I think work like this is so important. Pain and trauma like this is held in the land and we can feel it. It's still affecting us. That's why we have these crazy ghost hunter TV shows in the first place. People are curious about the weird energy they're sensing, but they don't know what to do about it. We need some shows where people have some compassion for these places and actually try to help improve the energy there and leave it better than they found it. And 
as a side note, let me just say that just because you see or feel something in a place doesn't mean it's automatically your job to fix. You can always say no. And it's always a good idea to ask your guides or the keeper of the land if they want you to do any healing work at all. Sometimes the answer is no. And we need to respect that. Sometimes the spirits of the land are actively working on the healing and don't want or need assistance from a human at that moment. Some spirits aren't ready to cross over. Sometimes it's just a job for someone else to do. So give a small offering, send some Reiki, and move on. And although I'm calling out some of the more energetically or emotionally painful things you might encounter when reading the energy of the land, I would be doing you a disservice if I didn't tell you that you'll also find the opposite in many places. Deep love, joy, happiness, healing, and a feeling of being one with all things can also be found. Never mind the secrets of the universe. And I'm not totally kidding about that either. There is so much wisdom held by the earth, and all we have to do sometimes is show up and ask what there is for us. So many of these things I share with you here on the podcast are stories coming directly from my experiences with the land. By just tuning in and getting to know the cast of characters that live in a certain place and asking what they'd like to show me there. Okay, before I get too blissed out and off on another tangent, let's talk about actual healing work. What exactly do you need to do once you've read the energy of a place and it seems like there is healing work that's needed? Well, first you ask questions. Does this need healing? And do you want me to do this healing work? If the answers to the first two are yes, then you can proceed. It's not our job to just decide to do energy work because you don't like how a place feels. That's rude. You wouldn't do that to a person, so we don't do that to the land either. Go listen to episode four, Facing Your Fears in Spiritual Work, if you want to hear about a weird situation where a spirit told me not to do healing work with a place that actually needed healing work to see why I was told that. Once you're ready to do the actual work, you should have a short list of things from your reading that needs attention. It might just be one thing, or there might be multiple items. I like to approach them one at a time because they were probably created at different times by different situations. Once you clear one, sometimes the others are more obvious. If it's not a situation I already know how to handle, like crossing earthbound spirits over, or I'm not sure how they'd like me to handle the issue, I ask the keeper of the land or the specific spirit who showed it to me. They're usually going to know what they want done, and how to do it is up to you. And I think this is one of the most important things for us to understand. Healing work is inherently creative. Our world is made up of energy and is very flexible. And again, your intent is more important than your method. Think about if the situation was happening in the physical and you had a magic wand. How would you handle it? If it's a portal that needs to be closed, you can roll a giant boulder over it. Or put a big metal plate on top and bolt it down. If there's a grid line that's been severed, you can use a needle and thread to stitch it back together. Or use your hands to pull the cut ends back together and then rakey it back in place. It really is that easy, but also creative. I just did a reading and healing for a piece of property 
that has always been a place in the wider area where all of the energy came to be cleared or transmuted. There were a variety of issues that were going on as a result of that area being shrunk in size over the years as the surrounding area was being developed. But it was also packed full of earthbound spirits. They knew they were supposed to go there, but they didn't know what to do once they arrived. After I helped get them crossed over, I was told that I could set up a kind of template that other spirits could connect with to automatically open a portal for them to transition in the future. I understood what this was and started energetically constructing it. But about halfway through, all of the spirits suddenly told me to stop. This is pretty unusual, so it kind of threw me off. I double-checked with my guides, who agreed that I should stop. So I looked back to the keeper, who said he'd realized that having one spot on the property for spirits to go to was still going to create a bunch of spirits wandering around looking for the spot, and he didn't want that after all. So I sent the template I was working on back to Source and asked what he would prefer. He asked for a kind of energetic boundary fence. When an earthbound spirit hits it, the portal will open and they'll have the option to cross over. Honestly, it kind of looked like a scene out of The Walking Dead to me. But hey, that's what they wanted. And it makes sense. It will keep the land in this area from getting bogged down with so many earthbound spirits in one concentrated area again, which was a real issue when I first tuned in there. So that's what I mean about working with the spirits of the land and being creative. You're working with energy, so use your imagination. There's no limit to how you can accomplish a variety of tasks. If you like to work with crystals, you could draw the outline of the property or a diagram of a house on a piece of paper, write the address on top, and then set up the crystal grid on the piece of paper. I have a big paper atlas of the United States that I'll use when there's a large energetic issue. You can work with the grids or the energy of an entire area just with your hands and your intention. If you're attuned to Reiki or do any other kind of hands-on healing, you can close your eyes and pull up the image of the location in front of you and then send the energy where it's needed. If you work with sound, you can use singing bowls or instruments or your voice to shift or move energy. Rattles are wonderful for breaking up static energy. Sometimes I put a drop of essential oil in my hands, hold my hand up to the map on my computer screen of the land, and blow across the oil onto the property to distribute the energy. When in doubt, or when you need the big guns, you can always call in an archangel. Michael is my personal favorite. He's like my Swiss army knife for all kinds of projects. I always call on him to open and close the portal for earthbound spirits. If a place has a ton of nondescript, heavy, or stagnant energy, I'll often call him in with a kind of fire hose full of light to blast the energy back to source. And anytime I encounter some kind of problematic, non-human type energy, I call in Michael to take them back to source too. It's not our job to decide what needs to happen with energies like that. We're not here to make judgments. However, I also want to make sure I'm not just kicking some kind of entity out of one property to go bother another one. I want to make sure they are handled, and so that's where the archangels come in. And that's another important piece of healing work to understand. We're not just blasting things to smithereens or casting them out into the universe willy-nilly. You always want to direct the energy back to source. That's where it can be healed and transmuted. 
The final thing to do after healing work is to make sure your personal energy and the energy in the space you've been working in are clear. Some of these techniques might sound simple to execute, but the energy is very real and you don't want any bits or pieces hanging around when you're done. After thanking the keeper of the land and sending it on its way, I always cut the cord created between myself and the property and imagine the energy of the property going all the way back to it. I call in my guides and we work together to sweep up and scrub the walls of my healing bubble or column. And then I ask them to look over my entire body front and back to remove or repair anything they see. Once I come back into my physical space, I will rub release essential oil on my hands and shake them out, intending any energy is returned to source. Then I'll wash my hands, especially if I did a lot of moving energy with them. I spritz a high vibe oil or thieves cleaner or a hydrosol in my office, open the window for a few minutes and sometimes burn clearing herbs. And then I'll go outside and reground my energy. Any papers I work with or make notes on will be shredded or burned. And then I'm done. This is all part of that energy hygiene that's so important to make sure I stay physically and energetically healthy and safe when I do this work. And that's all there is to it. I'm not sure if I just made it sound simpler or more complicated, but again, with some practice, you'll get the hang of it. And if this discussion has you really excited to learn more, definitely come join us in the Earth Tenders Academy. I share way more details and information on doing healing work with the land, you can ask questions in our private Facebook community and on our monthly Q&A calls, where there is a wealth of knowledge and experience. Plus, you'll get to practice your actual reading and healing skills on a property that belongs to someone in the group every month. The link to join is in the show notes, so go check it out and feel free to message me if you have any questions. That's it for this week's episode, and I will see you back here next Tuesday. Thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to the Earth Keepers podcast. I'm so honored to share this journey with you. I would love it if you join me and other Earth Keepers from around the world in the Following Hawks Earth Keepers community on Facebook. To find the show notes, additional resources, or learn more about working with me, go to earthkeeperspodcast.com. Until next time, I'll see you in the multiverse.